0: I'm Michael Laurie, and you're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundup.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Ulster Rugby Roundup's World Cup special brought to you in association with Remus Uomo, Victoria Square Belfast, and Stockus Nationwide. Ireland are back to winning ways, and so joining us from Japan is Jonathan Bradley. Hello, Jonathan. Not too bad at all, just uh, glad to see a result. We'll talk about the ins and outs of it as we go forward because the 35-0 success over Russia probably wasn't all that promising. But first of all, we have plenty of injuries to discuss. Principally, Geordie Murphy. You couldn't ride it. Pulled out of the Ulster team, flew the whole way to Japan to go and play in the World Cup and potentially he played for 26 minutes and is going to have to fly home. Obviously, we hope that's not going to happen, but what exactly do we know?
0: We have the update in the immediate last night I'm sorry yesterday morning your time which was Jewish Mitz saying that he potentially popped a
1: rib. Which obviously sounds like a tournament ender. The update this morning, Japanese time,
0: is that he's going for a scan today. Just talking to Rory Best about it today, he was saying, you know, sometimes it's one of those injuries that's a lot more uncomfortable at the time
1: and it settles down. And when are we likely to hear of the results of that? Because Ireland aren't due to face the press again until Monday. I would say there's a chance that
0: you won't hear good news before then. Yeah. You might Hear bad news before then. Maybe going to be worthwhile several to last week to keep an eye on those Pro 14 teams and see if anybody yeah. gets pulled out of
1: those. Well, that brings us neatly onto the point of who exactly should we be looking at. If it was me, and I don't
0: know if this would be Joe Schmidt's thing and if it were me I would bring up Devin Toner and have Burn as my back row cover because if Jordy Murphy's injured then it's not just him being injured Jack Conan's injured Sean O'Brien's injured and Dan Levy's injured so along with the four that you already have the next person out would be your ninth choice back row that's a mighty far way down your depth chart but then we're told and that
1: this this was the the biggest strength and depth that Ireland have potentially ever had yeah we're Two guards. <laughs> no,
0: I, I can see real value in bringing up Devin Toner just for a variety of reasons. One, his experience. Uh, two, I think it gives you another live option. I think if you bring up a back rower, you're 100% not going to see them play. Sorry, unless there's more, yet more injuries. Whereas mm-hmm. there would be a possibility to say, I'd say it's unlikely, but there would be a possibility to to go with, say, if it's the All Blacks, obviously turnover's was too good against the All Blacks the last time, maybe just assess where his fitness is, whether there was an extra couple of weeks of
1: pre-season that got him to where he needs to be. Obviously, we hope this is all redundant come Monday when we hear that Jordy Murphy is fitting well and it was all a big scare and he's going to be fine. But you speak about that ninth choice back row, who would that be if... Drew Smith does up to do call up another back row player rather than Tuner. I so suppose theoretically Tommy O'Donnell was the other man in camp. Beyond know,
0: that, you're going the guys like Max Deegan or Kaelin Doris or Jack O'Donaghy. You know, you're talking about guys that have not played an awful lot of international rugby at all or not played international rugby at
1: all. So basically, we need to wait until Monday to find out. In between then, just keep an eye on and see how Devin Tuner and Tommy O'Donnell are, are featuring or not featuring in squads this weekend. Think Stranger
0: things have happened But mm. there's been a big deal Made about the fact That these are Down days for the squad Now obviously They might still send out An email or something But there's not going to be Any official media briefings Until Monday afternoon yeah. I think so I these, are, these are the, the Sort of two consecutive days In the tournament Where Ireland won't be Doing media Just mm. because of the, the Nine day Turnaround into similar.
1: Johnny Sexton uh, was withdrawn at half time yesterday the ITV commentators I think it, were the people that picked up that he was applying ice to his grown I assume during the second half Joe Schmidt was very much always oh, fine after the game but what do you think is there uh, an underlying issue there that we should be concerned about in any way or was this genuinely always the plan I'd say it probably was
0: always the plan in the same way it was the plan to just get Jordy 340 minutes but the fact that he's applying ice the fact that he's Still, only played what 80 minutes of this tournament, or uh, sorry, 90 minutes of this tournament, and that he's such an important player is all going to be a concern. I think you really need you really want to see him play an hour against Samoa. Like, you're never going to look like, beyond the quarter final, but there's the obvious question of can he play 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 80 minutes, 80 minutes, 80 minutes. From now until the final, big big ask. You know, I joked there about the depth, but the problem is that there is a kernel of truth in that. That you know, four years ago they were too reliant on Johnny Sexton, and we spent four years saying that this, you know, it wasn't going to be the case this time. And then as soon as they pitch up here, they didn't like two different teams when he's playing and when he's not.
1: And that showed exactly on Thursday in the first half and second half against Russia.
0: It wasn't particularly pretty, and there were still mistakes, but the. Third quarter, just after Sexton gone off, was noticeably the worst of the game. I sort to spent the first half watching Sexton. He offers real command; like he gives an awful lot of instruction, an awful lot of direction, even when he's not directly involved. You know, he obviously called that play that had them in after ninety seconds or whatever, and created the second try with a with a nice kick as well. But I think it's just he just takes charge, takes uh, takes command of things. And I don't think they have somebody else who can do that at the minute. Maybe Carberry in the future, but again, he seems like he's not
1: fit. Well, obviously he was pulled out of the squad late on, was due to be on the bench. Something in the captain's run, I believe. Do, do we know any more about that? So it
0: was described as an irritation of the ankle. There's apparently some bruising around the ankle, which whatever we are in I eight, nine weeks post the injury is obviously a concern again. I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the last of him at this World Cup, purely because he doesn't have the game time. Whenever Carbury came on against Japan, he didn't look right, he didn't look himself. And that's probably just a large part due to the fact that he's only really played that one game. Obviously we didn't have a full medical picture but I think at the time it wasn't really a risk that we disagreed with, but The longer the tournament's gone on and the more a lot of these players seem to be carrying injuries, it looks like, again, it was a real risk.
1: So is this more team sheet watching for us this weekend then?
0: My sense of it wouldn't be that Carberry would be sent home. I just don't think that... I just wouldn't be convinced that he's going to edge out Cardi for a bench
1: spot. So the actual performance itself, Ireland were a 52-point favourite for the game. There was only 35. I mean this is a Russia team that were beaten by Connard and Jersey, like, it was worrying, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely, and part of it was body language, part of it was the type of the mistakes, but regardless of the result, it seemed like a team not playing with much confidence, because part of it will be conditions, but part of it looks like they're just in their own heads a little bit, I think. Maybe losing a game like the Japan one will do that, maybe these two days away from rugby will offer some sort of reset, and they'll come back and look more like themselves, but I don't know,
1: the Scotland game seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? Big time, <laughs> big time, particularly when you look at uh, some of the, the articles in the press, I feel like we should mention. Neil Francis, after the Scotland game, had said in the final line of his article that Joe Schmidt's Ireland team were capable of beating anyone at the tournament, and that includes New Zealand. The headline in Neil Francis' article today says that Ireland may as well pack up and go home. Is th- there, There's obviously an element of knee-jerk reaction in all of this. Is there not still the potential for Adam to turn on that performance against Scotland again? I think
0: if they were to produce that level of performance and probably, not sorry not probably it would need to be a better level of performance to beat New Zealand then it would be out of context with what we've seen so far this year because they haven't they haven't done it against a good team really like Scotland or um, you could marginally call Scotland a good team obviously the rankings are changing every week here but I'm pretty sure they're, they're below Japan in the world rankings now it really would be, by some distance, their best pe- best performance of the year if they were to even give it a rattle against New Zealand because they haven't looked like the 2018 version of Ireland all year. So my take would probably be more that the reaction after Scotland was knee-jerk
1: the biggest positive of the game was no doubt Rhys Roddick's performance he had highlighted in your match report yesterday as the man of the match and I think everybody who saw the game would would agree with that yeah like it was another performance from Rhys Roddick where like he's never viewed
0: in the same band as the starting Irish back row but it was another performance from him where he delivered and it's going to be really interesting to see the selection for Samoa you know are we at a stage where you have to look at it and pick on form and reach Roddick edges out somebody maybe that's what the team needs just a little bit of a shake up I thought Liv McGrath did well you know he's never going to displace Conor Murray I thought Dave Kilcoyne did quite well but then there were sh- real scrum issues as well
1: finally then I'm sure it feels like you've spent every wagging minute of your life speaking the Ireland players since that game at this stage there's been two press conferences since the game what has the, the mood been like in the camp quite a stark contrast like I think a lot of us sort of left the
0: stadium last night thinking their dealings with the media being quite strange because it wasn't just that it was positive; it was almost like it was positive, positive to the point that you felt like you had been watching a different game. I <laughs> suppose about nine hours later, Roy Bast did media, and there was an awful lot more acknowledgement that things hadn't been pretty, things hadn't been perfect. So that for me was a more encouraging, like. You always come away from Roy Best media conferences feeling like you know because he's such a good communicator. That's no doubt a huge part of why he's been such a successful captain for Ireland because he does speak so well and he you know he gets it. Certainly the mood of the journalists and I think the mood of a large section of the public would not have been summed up by what was coming out of the Ireland Cup last
1: night well look that will do us for now Jonathan Uh, we do appreciate you taking the time to join us especially whenever we're interrupting the South Africa Italy match on you so thank you very much we'll let you go and enjoy the game no problems talk to you
0: soon you're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundups World Cup Special brought to you in association with Remus Victoria Square, Belfast, and Stockist Nationwide.
1: So on to provincial matters. Ulster are obviously playing on Saturday away in South Africa. Not in South Africa, but staying in Belfast is Michael Sadler, and he joins us on the line. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Gareth? How do you know I'm not in South Africa? Huh? But, yeah, there was no uh, foreign downtown whenever I rang you, you see. Not just a pretty face, Michael. So, oh. so, well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I was going
2: to do a big delay there just to you know, you but no, no, I'm not. So I'm live from Knock, East Belfast.
1: Sure, that's just as just as exciting. Okay. Uh, we know the Ulster team now. There's just one change from the win over Ospreys last week, but a fairly surprising change in that there's no Billy Burns in the squad. Surprising because he was put up for media during the week, which usually means he's going to be playing. Yes, yes, they really blindsided us a bit with with this.
2: In fairness, we were slightly tipped off afterwards that perhaps he might not be featuring and on that basis that we might be better off not to run them for Saturday's uh, papers and so on which we, we did and uh, thankfully that was the case he has um, indeed disappeared completely from the 23 which is very strange it's a strange game to throw Bill Johnson into really for his first uh, competitive start for Ulster at altitude and uh, Twitter the stadium is not an easy place to go to the cheetahs are pretty good there and they're in good form because there's very little communication between ourselves and South Africa, we, we actually, at this stage, don't know why Burns is is not in the 23. Particularly odd, considering he played so well last week in the win against the Ospreys when he actually walked off
1: with man of the match and he did actually have a very good game Bill Johnson then he's probably a player that is relatively unknown to us all up here in Ulster so it's an opportunity for him anyway to lay down a bit of a marker for himself
2: it certainly is good luck to him playing with altitude though I don't know if he's actually done that before very big game to come in yes he has we, we, we'd be slightly familiar with him well people might be because he has played for Munster and um, we don't know an awful lot about him and it's certainly a very big ask I would have thought personally if you're going to look at him you might have tried him either on the bench or perhaps against the Kings next week which on paper would be probably more than on paper would be the easier of the two games they have in South Africa
1: you mentioned there and you mentioned in your article in today's paper with Billy Burns about the altitude how exactly does that impact the the game? well the air is considerably
2: thinner I can't remember how many (coughs) excuse me thousand feet Bloemfontein is above sea level, but it is considerable. The mm-hmm. ball travels much, much further. You put boot the ball here, you, can, you have a fair idea where it's going to go there. Mm-hmm. It travels much further through the thinner air. Right. The other thing, for anyone who's actually tried to run at altitude, and I am, unfortunately, one of those people who did uh, <laughs> many years ago, it, it, it's very, very difficult in the lungs. Um, you're really gasping. Now, these guys shouldn't have a huge problem with it because you know they're very, very finely-tuned athletes, and I never was. But I can assure you, a run around the block in Johannesburg many years ago had me, and I did run at the time, had me virtually on my knees and before I got round the block. I was just thinking, what is going on here? So you've got the issue with the ball, the flight of the ball. Obviously, it will also travel further from the T as well. Mm-hmm. The flight of the ball can confuse because it will, if you think it's coming down. You'll find, actually, you couldn't misjudge it. It is going to be tough. These guys will feel it. But bear in mind, Ulster did finish very strongly last year when they were there, when they snatched the draw with Henry Spade's uh, last gasp try. Also
1: in the squad today, then, there was no room, interestingly, for either Marcel (laughs) Kutsia or Vihan Herbst. First of all, Kutsia. Being named in the travelling squad, still coming back from injury. We can probably assume that we'll see him in the match day squad for Kings then, if he's not going to be ready for this game.
2: Well, you'd very much like to think so. Otherwise, what's he doing there? Exactly. He certainly at halftime last week in the Ospreys game announced that he was ready. And that he was you know expecting to go to South Africa and this was pointed to Dan McFarland who quit. oh that's interesting sort of thing you know <laughs> but obviously he, they didn't know he was going to go. they might just consider it a you know a softer opening for Marcel yeah. but I would have thought if he wasn't anyway much but what, what, what a guy to have coming off the bench particularly against this particular cheetahs mm-hmm. side, which has been in good form. And you know, is 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 fairly useful outfit, but he's not there, and neither is Vihan Herbst, who has been signed purportedly for just the South African trip. Though yeah. so whether or not Marty Moore is ready when they come back, they have a week down before they come back playing again. Mm-hmm. So whether Marty Moore is ready by then or not, I don't
1: know. The other interesting name on the team sheets is on the cheetah's <coughs> team sheet, uh, as expected, named oh, at scrum half as captain, a certain Ruan Pienaar. Who. <coughs> Uh, playing against Ulster for the first time since leaving, it's just going to be nice to see, as long as he doesn't play that well. Yeah, he's there. Very strange. But then we
2: always had the possibility of this potentially happening in the Champions Cup when he was at Montpellier anyway. And now we've got it here, playing in his hometown against his uh, former team. And former teammates, there'll be quite a few of them who will be very familiar with him. And as usual, he could make all the difference. Yeah. Um, he scored a pile of points there against Glasgow Warriors in the first weekend but I wouldn't read an awful lot into that Glasgow Warriors are very very
1: much diluted by work but even, club so, and even so even so a 48-14 result regardless of how diluted that Glasgow squad is it's eye catching
2: oh yeah, yeah of course it's catching and, and Pinar did as well Pinar did he scored a try I did as usual from the tee but also orchestrated very much what's going on as you'd fully expect now he's you know he's getting a bit long in the tooth and all that but he's still a class act it's all about the timing being in the right place at the right time doing the right thing at the right time and appearing as if he's got all the time in the world to do that it's the signs of a all signs of a world-class operator which let's face it he was was it something like 88 caps for the springboks mm-hmm. and um, ulster have been sort of talking about him this week and sort of saying how wary they are and so on and so forth just trying to get away from the subject
1: naturally enough absolutely and cheetahs go into the game then just finally as seven point favorites how hopeful or otherwise are you feeling?
2: I, I, I just I think the cheaters may well may well take this all right. I guess there's something about them this year. Um, the Ulster team had a bit of an inconsistent type start against the Ospreys and then finally find their feet. But they're in very unfamiliar territory here. Playing away is always very, very difficult. I'm um, looking at that selection. If Billy Burns, you know, isn't actually on fit, perhaps they are hoping to play a much more structured game with Bill mm-hmm. Johnson at ten. We, we, we just don't know. And Michael Lowry Is on the bench, which is also a curious one as well, because you might have thought that Michael Lowry would have started ahead of Bill Johnson, but he hasn't. So perhaps Johnson is going to bring a much more, or maybe they're going to play a much more structured and and, and tight game based around Johnson instead of what we might see with Billy Burns' big cutout passes and cross kicks.
1: Well, time will tell. We'll look forward to watching that, reading about it from your good self next week. Thank you very much, Michael (laughs) We do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Harris. You've been listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundup's World Cup special brought to you in association with Rima Suomo, Victoria Square Belfast and Stogas nationwide.